WrestlePlug 444 Life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hashtag get plugged in. The refreshing, empowering moment that we have all wanted from WWE. It's like ordering a, a medium pizza and then turning up with an extra large and a bottle of Coke. You absolute moldy cheese fucking baby bell dairy lead dunker shit. What happens is these fucking people live in this fantasy land. Everyone got their shit in. Everyone got each other over. Everyone looked good and made the industry look great. People need to fucking back the fuck off Ronda Rousey. New to oh. wrestling talent. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of freaking out here. Whew. I don't know if I can do. No, I'm kidding. I'm ready. Let's do this. Absolute, <laughs> absolute fucking cretin, ladies and gentlemen. Dear oh dear, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for tuning in to this very special, this very monumentous occasion, as we, of course, bring you our first ever live State of Wrestling Address. We're live on YouTube, and if you're listening to the audio version of this, well, you've missed out because you won't be able to watch live at 3.25 in the morning in the UK. And what I believe is 10.25 in the United States. In the Eastern. Eastern time, baby. Eastern time, time, baby. Uh, (laughs) State of Wrestling Address. This is episode 481 of the WrestlePlug podcast. And for those of you who may not be familiar, the WrestlePlug podcast is incredibly honest. It is a place where there is no bullshit, where there is honest opinions, where there is an honest take on wrestling. And if you are not comfortable with said scenario, you are in the wrong place, honey. At the wrong time. Now, it is a live stream, obviously. This is only the second live stream, I believe, we've done after our Survivor Series results. So, my apologies if there's any problems with the audio. For any of you good souls who may tune in and join us in the chat, please feel free to leave comments. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, God bless you, and we hope that you join us on YouTube Live at some point. State Wrestling Address means that we're going to talk about the week's wrestling. And that means yes. we need to start with what happened last night. What went down at AEW Dynamite. Dynamite! Sting has arrived and has signed a multi-year contract to be a part of All Elite Wrestling. Yes, indeed, Sting made his triumphant debut in AEW last night as he came out to make his presence felt around the region of Cody and Darby Allen, there wasn't so much a, um, well, there was no physical interaction. He just kind of came out, Taz and his gang sulked off, and uh, Sting comes out, and of course, uh, this pay-per-view was aptly named Winter is Coming, and they had some fantastic snow effects, just to, just so you know that Sting's here in the winter. Um, Jeremy Miller, of course, you are the co-host for this podcast. Everyone knows who I'm, I'm Aaron Nix, and just in case you are wondering. Um, but let's be honest, my name's not important. What is important is what Jeremy thinks of Sting debuting in AEW and whether this is a good move for AEW. Sting back on TNT TV for the first time in 19 years. I am torn over this. Don't forget, it's on so I... feel free to be abusive and swear as much as you that's true. Okay. I I feel like this could be a good thing or it could be complete shit. 
And here's why. Okay, so we're going to get, obviously, we're going to get Sting versus Darby Allen in an upcoming pay-per-view. So is Darby then going to become the Crow? Like, is he going to take the Sting persona and then Sting fuck off and go to the back and become, like, a I don't know, a talent scout or something? That I could see. But if we're going to constantly see Sting in the ring, just going over or going against Darby Allen, going against Cody Rhodes, going against Jericho. That's the the main ones I want is Jericho and and Darby Allen. That's it. You give me those two matches and then Sting can fuck off for the rest of his multi-year contract. I'd be fine with that. But if we constantly see Sting in the ring, you know, getting the AEW title and screwing over the young bucks or screwing over the elite and stuff like that, it, it, he's too old. I, I I wanted Sting to show up to Survivor Series to screw with The Undertaker to have that match. That was a dream match of mine. Seeing Jericho versus Sting will be a hell of a lot. Uh, it'll be up there. It won't be as good as Sting and Undertaker, I think. But if we get Sting and Jericho, Sting and Allen, and then he goes and becomes like a road agent, all for it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like, actually, your idea. Um, first thing that bugs me about this, I don't hate AEW, okay? There's this there's this kind of ridiculous premise that I am somehow some sort of English cornet. That's strictly not true. I uh, I went to the very first Dynamite in Washington, D.C. You don't fork out that kind of money and travel to Washington to see wrestling and to see your good brothers unless you legitimately are passionate about something. For me, I saw this as an opportunity to see a viable alternative. Um, I don't hate Sting. Sting is my all-time favorite babyface, actually. And I have, on countless occasions on this podcast, whether it be in the Manic Mondays, which is our retro podcast, or even on a normal product, I've always said I believe Sting is the benchmark for what a babyface should be in wrestling. Uh, that being said, he's also, you know, if not bordering on 60, north of 60, uh, he's very old. Now, he is in fantastic shape for his age, there's no question. He looked great you know, on TV last night. But like you say, if he's going to turn up, have a couple of dream matches, then spend the rest of his time backstage working as a consultant, working alongside the likes of Arn Anderson and Dean Malenko and guys of this ilk, great. That's really beneficial because Sting is going to be able to parlay so much information, so much knowledge, so much psychological uh, ambition into a lot of these AEW talents. He'll be able to drag someone like Kenny Omega aside and say, look, kid, Great athlete and everything, but here's an opportunity to do many things. Hi, Astrid, by the way. Thank you for joining us, for watching the stream. And uh, hey. to everyone who's watching, um, that is the campus hater. Hi! <laughs> carrying over the, uh, oh. the gay uh, magic from Cyfox Broadcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, funny. The message is now retracted, apparently, according to Astrid Bizarro. So, hi and no hi. But if you are watching, by the way, ladies oh. and gentlemen, feel free to chime in and have your opinions, and we'll make sure you all get your shower and your say. Um, like I say, yes, for me, Sting backstage is a marvellous use of talent. Sting on screen, I'm sorry, but this is not WCW circa 2000. Also, Tony Schiavone with the call. Everyone's saying that they got goosebumps from Tony Schiavone doing a call. I didn't. I, he was like, it's, it's Sting! <laughs> it's like, yeah, mate, great. 20 years ago, that would have been semi-cool. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sorry, but 
people like I saw people on social media. I get it, right? It's a fun moment. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. It was cool, but I'm not losing my shit, okay? And I saw people trying. It's this classic war. Oh, you know what was cooler, Edge coming back or Sting? It's no comparison to me. Edge overcame a career-ending injury to come back at the Royal Rumble. You could see the emotion in his eyes and things like that. How anyone can even... They're not even really comparable anyway. We're talking about a 60-year-old wrestler returning to, or shall we say, debuting in yet another company. He's pretty much wrestled everywhere as Sting. He's been in WCW. He's been in WWE. He's been in fucking TNA for God knows how long. Um, For me, it's... I don't think it's a big deal. I don't. And if AEW thought it was a big deal, then it would have main-evented the show. It wouldn't have been right in the middle of the card. And I think it's a bit of a naff way to debut him as well. Him coming out, staring at Arn Anderson a bit, staring at Darby and Cody a bit, and then leaving without saying a word. Great. Like, I'm glad he didn't speak, because I think half the magic of Sting's character is that he doesn't talk. But for me, I, I don't care that much. And AEW fans, have a word with yourselves, because the hypocrisy of this really annoys me. All they ever do is bang on about how, you know, we're morally superior to WWE. We have a better fan base. We're more wholesome. We don't have as many predators, etc., etc. There's all kinds of things that they use as to be advantageous against WWE. One of the things they always say is, oh, we have homegrown talent. Oh, you know, we have all this. Uh, you know, we don't make our name off of stars. Really? Because ultimately, anyone who's worth a damn in this company right now, bar maybe two people are all stars that were made elsewhere. Sting coming in at 60-odd years old or whatever it is, that's great, but come on. You know, this is for nostalgia reasons, and that's what really frustrates me about it. I don't have a problem with it, but if you're an AEW fan and you're out here saying, oh, WWE don't make stars, blah, 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 well, relying on guys like John Moxley and Sting <laughs> to get you ratings, what the hell is that then? Um, I'm interested to see what they do with him. And I am very excited, like you said, about the idea of him wrestling Jericho, actually. I think that's probably where the money is at. Um, but there isn't many other... Like, I don't want to see him wrestle Kenny Omega. You know? I don't want to see him wrestle... No. I don't want to see him wrestle... Maybe Moxley? I'd, I'd rather see him wrestle Taz, actually, just because of the sheer... Oh, that would be a good know, ECW versus WCW, but... I don't know, that's not going to yeah. happen because of Taz's injuries. But all these people losing their minds, you know... He's there for nostalgia. He's not there to have a world-class match, and it's really ironic as well because one of the big things AEW fans say is, you know, oh, we're all about proper wrestling. We're not about sports entertainment. What the fuck is this then? Because he's not going to give you a five-star match like FDR. No. Uh, Kurt Angle a couple of days ago on his Twitter posted out about the main event Mafia. Mm, I saw that. And sure, fucking enough. Two days later, Sting comes into AEW, and we all know about what's going on with AEW in a certain company. Maybe we might get a main event mafia? Going up against the Elite, maybe? I mean, that's where... Or the Inner Circle? I mean, that leads me to, obviously, our next thing. Now, obviously, in the main event of AEW Dynamite's Winter is Coming, Kenny Omega mm -hmm. captures, as we all expected... The AEW World Championship from John Moxley, courtesy of an assist from Don Callis, who is actually the most likable part of this whole thing. Uh, Don Callis was on commentary. Don Callis, of course, most people will know as one of the major executives and the creatives for Impact Wrestling. He was on commentary for Kenny Omega's match. He then interfered uh, and hit John Moxley between the eyes with a microphone. 
Um, so Kenny Omega wins the title. I knew that was going to happen. I had steeled myself for this unfortunate inevitability. As they're scrambling away, of course, after the match, Callus rushes him into a car, and Alex Marvez, who is basically the Officer Bar Brady of uh, of AEW, is atrocious <laughs> in every sense. He's like, he's so fucking. He mad. needs to stick to boxing. Uh, he, can't, he, he needs can't to go back to that, boxing. From what I hear, honestly, how can you, you know, how can you say that you got Dasha Fuentes? Please use her. Not only is she very easy on the eye, but she's actually right. very good at her job. Why, in God's name, is Lego brick head here with the dodgy glasses walking around? Like. I've got no interest in this guy. And I love how they're sort of running away, but somehow he's able to appear from behind a truck and collar them for an interview. <laughs> yes. Ooh, not scripted at all. Um, you know, and he asked them. And of course, there's the famous line, we'll tell you all about it on Tuesday night. And, oh, Marvez, his, his reply was fantastic. Talk about being fed a line. He was like, but, but Dynamite's on a Wednesday. What do you think? He's talking about dickhead. Like, come on. Uh, it's a cool line, don't get me wrong. And he says, I'll tell you on Tuesday, impact on Access TV. Uh, so obviously, Kenny Omega is going to make an appearance on Impact Wrestling, whether that be in the studio or they've got some pre-taped going for it. Uh, obviously, as a monstrous Impact Wrestling fan, I'm excited about this. Yes. I'm also a little bit tentative. The, the thing is, right, I'm hoping that Don Callis is going to put his foot down and say, listen here, Tony Khan, right? You may have all those millions, but you are terrible at everything you do, so keep your dick in your pants. Let me handle the fucking creative shit, because I can make gold out of all of this. And I have no doubt that if Scott Demore and Don Callis are kind of left to their own devices, they can really make something special out of this. What do you think about Impact versus AEW, and also the fact that Kenny Omega is now your new AEW world champion? <sighs> I hate Omega as the champion. It's just one of the boys finally getting that title. I, I'm sick of the elite. I want them to fall off the face of the planet. They are supposed to be the executive vice president and all this shit backstage. Stay backstage and let your fucking people do their job. Now, as for the Impact versus AEW, I'm just seeing in my head these dream matches that we could have it sucks that the rascals left because we could have got the rascals versus ftr we could have got the rascals versus the young bucks we could have got the rascals versus the, oh God. we could have got which i'm actually really happy about as a yes I, they're part of know, nxt now yeah yeah they're, they'll most likely be in nxt and ultimately i think that that'll be a better use for them instead of getting drowned oh, in yeah. this ridiculously oversaturated tag team division that apparently has been completely hijacked by the concept of the young bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that we could see the Motor City Machine Guns against FTR. We could see the North versus FTR. Fine a fucking Lee. The the other matches I could see: Rich Swan versus Cody, Rich Swan versus Darby Allen. Just you know, there's just so much there. The only thing I'm worried about is that they're going to do this so much like the invasion angle from WWF and fucking ECW, WCW, that we're going to get fucked by There's this. No because... inside, to be fair. Which is probably... <laughs> no, but there is a Sean Spears. <laughs> hey, you leave Sean Spears alone. I'm <laughs> sick and tired of people jumping no. on my boy Sean. He's good shit. 
I want the fucking horseman, and he should have been part they of it. They keep teasing it, don't they? They keep teasing they it. They do. You know, he's got Tully why, why in his corner. Tully's got FTR exactly. as well. Why is Tully in his... Yep. And fucking Arn Anderson was with Tully for a little bit. Like, it's almost screaming Cody's going to be part of it and break with the elite. But it's like, fucking pull the trigger already. Shit. <laughs> um, but no, I'm looking at the impact roster and i'm looking at aew and i'm like oh my god some of the women's matches we could get thunder rosa versus fucking sue young diana perrazzo versus Britt baker you know just oh oh sorry i had uh i had to yeah i know it's an uncensored and uncut podcast but even we have to have some sort of boundary um and you know masturbation might be um I tell you what, only I just don't. I, I don't worried. trust AEW's management. They're creative exactly. to do the right things because they've shown to me that they're more about ego trip. Kenny Omega doesn't need to be champion, but I don't mind because of the Don Callis connection. So that's a good idea. Okay, so that's fine. You know, he's 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 known him his whole life since he was a little kid. It makes sense. And to be fair to Don Callis, unlike a lot of the other commentary team, who by the way suck ass. This is going to upset a lot of people, but I think they need to turf out Jr. and Tony Schiavone. I think they they're old, they're past it. Jr. I don't mind on pay per view. I feel like he can still call a big match or so. Tony Schiavone for me just yeah. seems like he's there solely for nostalgia's sake, and that really annoys me. They need to they need to have on commentary. They need to have Don Callis. They need to have Taz, and they need to have. Uh... Oh, God. Excalibur. Yeah. Well, yeah, that way, especially Thanks. for an invasion angle. Imagine having Callus representing, you know, um, Impact. Yeah. Callus would be like... getting all up in his grill and saying, like, you know what? I, you know, this is a great way to make Taz a little bit more of a likable heel as well, because ultimately you could have Taz on one side saying, do you know what, Callus? I respect everything you've done, but you're in our playground now. Who do you think you are coming in here, knocking out our champion? Things like that. Um this is kind of the one thing that I did have a problem with, with the actual moment. It's very cool, but so John Moxley in his title reign, right? He knocked off MJF. He knocked off Lance Archer, who is a monster. He knocked off Brian Cage, who's a monster. He went through all these viable contenders. Brody Lee, who is a monster. And a lot of these were in hardcore scenarios. He even made Eddie Kingston say, I quit. So what topples his AEW title reign? A microphone from an old creative guy from different company between the eyes. A little bit shitty, if you ask me. Now, to be fair, Kenny Omega hit him with about 25 V-triggers, which is fine. That's easily one of the coolest moves in wrestling, okay? I'm not huge on Kenny Omega either. I think he's a world-class wrestler. I think he's a terrible, terrible persona. I don't think he's very good on the mic. I think he presents himself in a very strange way. He just, he just doesn't feel like a big star to me. And I know that upsets people, but that's just my opinion. I recognize his worth as an in-ring talent. I don't recognize his worth as a global star. And ultimately, if he was that big of a global star, then he would have made far more of an impact when NJPW tried to venture into North America for that brief time like they did. And ultimately, they didn't actually do much. And he was at the helm of that. And they made him the you know, IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, and that just kind of fizzled out. People didn't really care that much across the pond, but now all of a sudden they want to because he's on American soil full time. It's a strange patriotic dynamic. Um, yeah. Yeah. For me, 
I am excited, but I'm curious to see where it goes. I hope this isn't just going to be a kind of wham-bam, thank you, man. And also, I hope that it doesn't interfere too much with Impact. I don't want to see Impact, because Impact has been on a roll lately. It's been fantastic. It's been entertaining. But they've only got two hours a week, okay? And AEW Dynamite is only two hours, but they've also got Dark, and they've got a little bit more at their disposal. You know, Impact has... It's a tight schedule, and also it does a lot of pre-tapings, so I don't want to see their storylines fucked around with too much. I wouldn't mind seeing, like, Impact's... Some Impact's people be on Dark. Like, do it that way to where some of the Impact guys jump onto Dark and go up against AEW's guys. Like, you know, the hybrid two. Angelico and fucking Jack Evans. Jack Evans used to be in TNA impact whatever so he would be willing to go up against a tag team say you know put together a, guy, a group like oh the deaners <laughs> the deaners yeah the deaners or uh maybe triple xl yeah mcmg isn't gonna go on dark though they want you the want full they want the, the spotlight i want them on i want that I want to see the Motor City Machine Guns versus FTR and the Young Bucks. And the Lucha Brothers. And if we do... Oh, God, the Lucha Brothers. <laughs> Proud and powerful. <laughs> it's a real Jesus. shame that OVE got disbanded because of obvious problems. Because OVE versus Death Triangle would be sick. Oh. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. So, oh. There is some dream matchups. Uh, I mean, let's get into them a little bit. What, what's like your dream matchup? If I pushed you into a corner and said, right, you've got one AEW or tag team or wrestler against one, you know, impact tag team or wrestler, individual wrestler, who have you got? Who's your kind of dream matchup? Okay. Tag team wise, FTR in the yeah, North. Yeah, that's the money matchup. That, that's the best that is the money maker. Well, the North that's, versus yeah. anyone is gold because for my money, yes. the North are better. The North are the best tag team. The North the versus the Young Bucks. The North versus. Oh. Yeah. Get the Young Bucks out <laughs> um, of the way, mate. Nobody cares about it. Well, you got to have it because it's, you know, the big name. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they revisit the Young Bucks versus Motor City Machine Guns because they've done it already in Impact 10 years ago. So it wouldn't surprise me if they revisit that. That's got the nostalgic kick that a lot of people will want. I'm not really into the nonsensical, flippy stuff. I love athletic, high-paced wrestling, but I want it to mean something. I feel like a lot... I don't hate the Young Bucks, but I don't think they're nearly as good as everyone thinks they are. I don't think think they're top five in the world, frankly. Uh, I don't think they're even close to be the best tag team in their own company. And I think the North, for me, completely overshadow what they can do as a tag team. Uh, and I think the North and FTR is definitely the money matchup for me in terms of the tag team. Yes. Uh, as for the single competitors, uh, for the men, man, there's a couple of them that just float in my head right now. Sammy Callahan versus John Moxley. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. In an absolute hardcore fuck all match, just beat, let them beat He's the fuck the out of each other. He's one of the guys as well, Sammy Callahan. A lot of people aren't mentioning. You know, it's very, it's really funny actually because again with AEW, oh, who watches to you know Impact's rubbish, blah blah blah. Now all of a sudden there's an invasion. They're all wetting their pants over the scenarios, but nobody's mentioning Sammy Callahan, and that's a shame because we could yeah, get Callahan yeah, versus Penta again in a rematch from their death match last year or so ago. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking it. Um, there's there's a lot the of things there. Thing. I would actually like to see Eddie Kingston wrestle uh, Sammy Callahan. I reckon that could be fun. 
Yeah. If you just yeah. want something, if you're just out of sheer ferocity, put those two in. Yeah. But just keep Tommy Dreamer away from anything too serious. I don't want Tommy Dreamer running around in his hardcore element trying to get all frisky with guys. Like, leave um, it, Tommy. Just leave it. Yeah, just leave it. Uh, the other one that I could see is possibly... EC3 versus Cody. That's, I've seen that lobbied around a lot on social media. That's definitely money. Those are two high profile Moose guys. Moose Will Hobbs could be a yeah, good I'd one. I'd like to see Moose versus Brody Lee, actually. I think that would be a great oh, one. Um, there's there's oh. so much potential. I don't think people realize how many stars are on Impact and how many great wrestlers are on Impact. You know, you, you mentioned Rich Swan, obviously, being their champion at the moment. Obviously, being of a more mm-hmm. high-flying ilk, I'd love to see, for instance, uh, Rich Swan versus a Scorpio Sky. Hot, you know. Oh, Scorpio Sky, that'd be a good as well. one too. Let's not forget. For me, Pac is the best wrestler in the world. So, if I'm going to throw dream matches out there, I would love to see. I'd love. I really would love to see Pac versus. Oh man, basically all of their roster. <laughs> Concurrently, just yeah. Hand, you Pack know? versus but, Sammy Callahan. I think Pack oh. Callahan would be amazing. I think Pack and Swan would really be absolutely lights out. I think um, Pack and uh, Pack and Eric Young. I, I really like the use of Eric Young actually, and I think Eric Young would really find a home in AEW quite nicely. Actually, I think I got one for you. Eddie Edwards versus Cody. Yeah, do you know what? That's not a bad shout because Eddie Edwards has kind of evolved more into this more hard. Or aggressive kind of nature guy. Uh, I, on the, do you know what Impact does really well? Humor. It does comedy quite well. So I'd like to see Orange Cassidy versus Johnny Swinger. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just like yo, Grizzak, oh, Daddy. I <laughs> just can imagine like Orange Cassidy, right? And his gimmicks, obviously, he doesn't talk. Whereas Johnny Swinger's gimmick is that he can't shut the fuck up. And I just like the idea of like <laughs> Cassidy's trying to like. Give him a little kick or whatever. <laughs> like Johnny's, can you imagine the inner circle? What? what the hell is this shit? Can you imagine if the inner circle are backstage and they're all chatting, they're all business like? There's Jake Hager looking all serious, and then Johnny Swinger just comes strolling past. He's like, What's up, Brizak Daddy? <laughs> like, they will beat the shit out of him, but I reckon it'll be gold. I would love to see it. Uh, yeah, it would be cool. And also, like you say, on the women's side of things, Sue Young uh, versus. Um, Abada, anyone? I think it's Abada, you know, the, um, Abada. I think it's her name. My, my apologies if I butchered yeah. that. You know, uh, you've got, so, like you say, Diana Perazzo, Thunder Rosa getting involved. You've also got Serena Deeb, who's been coming in, of course, yeah. as well. Layla Hirsch. Sorry, who? She's a Layla Hirsch. I really like Layla Hirsch. I think she's massive. Yeah. She's got massive potential. I like her. Um, again, you know, Hikaru Shida could wrestle Diana Perazzo. That would be fantastic. Um, you could do a few. You got to have a few champion versus champion matchups. Only a very much like Kimberly versus Nyla Rose. That's not very nice. Oh. What's, what's Kimberly done to deserve that? Um, to get a shellacking off of Nyla Rose. I. Uh, how about? I think Nyla Rose would. I think Kimberly could I hold her own against Nyla there against Rosemary. Um, Oh, fuck it. This is an opportunity to shut a few Ooh, people up. That was all right. Taya, Taya Valkyrie and Hikaru Shida. Yeah. Oh, yeah, people have forgotten oh. how good Taya Valkyrie is in the ring. But I'll tell you what, um, we'll probably do a separate little YouTube video, I think, just discussing what we want to see through it. Because uh, it, uh, it does look nice. But overall, you know, Dynamite was a good show last night. It wasn't terrible by any means. Um, there was one thing I know you wanted to touch on. Opening the show was the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royale. Now, 
I didn't like the premise of this because there wasn't one winner, there was two, and then whoever comes... Two got... It's a fucking battle royal. It should be the last man standing. So why is there two men left? Okay? They furthered the MJF versus Sammy Guevara implosion that's going to happen. Obviously, next week, there's going to be a summit kind of meeting between Inner Circle. And if they can't resolve their differences, because there's been a bit of a separation, hasn't it, down the middle. Uh, obviously, Hager, Ortiz, and Guevara on one side, the rest of the guys on the other. You know, you've got Wardlow and MJF and Jericho. And, you know, they, they, they don't really know what they're doing with that angle. I, I think they kind of. For me, they've lost it. Inner Circle's losing it. It's kind of all over the place, and it seems like a really convoluted way of getting Sammy Guevara to turn face. I would have liked it if it had just been Sammy Guevara got eventually booted out because they kind of neglected him, and then he comes back as like the kind of more... By the way, Sammy Guevara's interactions with Jungle Boy in that match were fucking amazing. I don't know if you saw it, but they were just launching them, so they were on the ring apron, he was backflipping and landing on the ring apron. For anyone who's ever stood on a wrestling ring, as you know I will have, my training there there is not much room okay no, the ring no. so for Sammy Guevara to like his foot gets caught and to backflip and land on his feet on it and then leapfrog over the top of him and then leapfrog over the fucking post and still win the other side on the outside and then come back over. it's fucking insane that's the athlete I'll tell you what fuck the young guys it's all about Sammy Guevara and Jungle Boy mate those are the real stars for me in terms of their youth and especially their more athletic side of things but ultimately you know the match came down to Hangman Page got eliminated. That pissed me off beyond belief. And it pissed the crowd off because they turned on the match pretty quickly after that. Um, I thought that was a bad move. Sure, you know, he's, he's the most popular guy. And also like the teasing of him with the Dark Order. I think that's quite cool. The fact that they're like trying to, they all caught him and pushed him back in. That was good fun too. But, it, you know, it comes down to MJF and Orange Cassidy, I want to say. Was it Orange Cassidy? I can't remember. It was Orange Cassidy. And this insistence with Tony... This, see, I've tried to blank it out of my mind. This insistent, insistence, excuse me, from Tony Khan that Orange Cassidy has to be pushed to the moon is getting fucking ridiculous now. Like, I, don't, I like Orange is, Cassidy. This is their way of getting him. Orange Cassidy's funny, and he's a good wrestler. But he shouldn't be fucking being pushed like this. He shouldn't be fucking having major title matches. Stay in your lane, bro. That's what I feel. This and this is going to try and make obviously Orange Cassidy is going to win this because MJF is going to get screwed by either Guevara or they're going to put Cassidy over. But it's just why I like Orange Cassidy. I saw him on the independent scene. He was good. You know, he's he was funny, had his moments. I'm sick and tired of Orange Cassidy. He's not elite. He should not even be anywhere near a title. And now you're going to give him this dynamite, dynamite diamond ring. So convoluted, isn't it? Like, fuck off. The whole off. thing is just so over the top and unnecessary. As was the Battle Royal and the way it was set up. Like, don't get me wrong, Impact Wrestling, which I obviously love, and I obviously, if you're going to force me into a side, and I'm not really one for brand loyalty, but if I had to pick, I would much rather support Impact than AEW. Um, but for me, Amen. Uh, I just, you know, even though Impact was regarded for doing dumb Battle Royal shenanigans and weird things, you know, it just—I don't get it. I do not understand why you need two guys. Just have this. Just have the damn battle royal. 
One guy wins, end of story. Why does it then need another match? Why do we need to see MJF versus Orange Cassidy? Like, I, I don't get it. I really don't. So, What's really gonna I be... thought it was the winner was going to get like a title shot or something. Apparently, to get a ring. Like, what does it doesn't even matter? Yeah. What did they? What did MJF do with that ring? Nothing. Nothing at all. He didn't need that to be the obnoxious pre. He didn't need that to turn on Cody. He was a huge megastar already. He's MJF is going to be, you know, as Cameron Grimes likes to say, to the moon. Like he's, you know, his ceiling is huge. He doesn't need yeah. these dumb yeah. props and these dumb fucking gimmicks. Give MJF a live mic. Let him fucking slaughter your baby faces. Get heat on himself as he does so well, and just. Stop micromanaging everything and stop overly managing things as well. Stop making certain wrestlers do this. Stop putting them in over, overly convoluted gimmicks. Let them be who they want to be. Because from what I can hear, uh, obviously we spoke about it last week, there are no writers apparently. Creative is pretty much run by Tony Khan with some help from QT Marshall, but there's no writers and wrestlers are allowed a lot of creative freedom. And that means that someone like Eddie Kingston, for instance, thrives like fun because he's arguably the best mic worker in the world. However, and same with guys like Pac, however, that also on the flip side of things means that there's a lot of guys out there drowning and AEW doesn't realise that. Because those guys, like for instance, the best friends, who I, I really like Trent. I'm not that big on Chuck Taylor, but I love Trent. But they suck on the mic. And they're not funny either. Their gimmick is dumb. I hate their stupid fucking wiener humour. You know, it's fucking eight-year-old American toilet humour. I ain't got time for that shit. And that's where your problem is. Bring the right people in to do the right job and let the people who don't need to be managed do their own job. Um, touching back on, you know, AEWs versus Impact, I'm just hoping this doesn't go into, like, AEW taking in Impact. But if they do, I could see Don Callis and Scott Demore absolutely doing wonders with AEW's roster throwing impact guys in there obviously but I could see Don Callis and Scott Demore just make some of these guys like Jungle Boy like MJF like some Will Hobbs that take them to the stars and make them mega yeah I just yeah yeah I am um I just, uh, yeah. when it comes to, I don't want Impact to go out of business in favor of AEW. I don't think that's going to be no. the case. I think they're going to use this as an opportunity to get some rub, and then they'll probably eventually move back. And the great thing is, if it's fairly successful or they leave with good relationships, it means that you, the door's always open for guys to come across at certain points, and, you know, women as well, obviously, to get involved. Um, but Well, from what I was, man. sorry, go ahead. Carry on, mate. Uh, from what I'm hearing, the the rumor that I've been hearing is that NJPW, Impact, AEW, and Ring of Honor are all going to team up and try to take down NXT and WWE. <laughs> I've heard this before. Um, <laughs> I mean, if anything, it will just get a better... For me, NXT is a fantastic broadcast. I think it's the yeah. best weekly TV show, and I don't think it's even close, but uh, for my money at least. It just appeals to me. You know, that's my personal thing, and obviously wrestling is subjective, but 
uh, one thing that needs to be paid attention to more, and it's something I'm going to start covering on the podcast, is Ring of Honor, because it has been absolutely on fire lately, and nobody's paying attention to it, because they're too busy swinging their dicks around at AEW, um, you know, acting as if it's the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's not. <laughs> you know, it's good in places, and it's terrible in others, like any wrestling company. That's just how it is. Um yeah, I've seen rumors. I've seen the dirt sheets. Sometimes they're hit. Sometimes they're miss. Uh, I I, can, I mean, NJPW are working with Impact right now because they have Chris Bay and TJP in the Super J Cup. Yeah, let's not forget AEW well, um, and Leo Rush will be a part of that as well, which I mentioned. Yeah. Before, yeah. I mentioned oh, oh, oh. I know, right? It's going to be naughty. Like, that, that's something that I will Chris Bay to. versus Leo Rush. But, oh. but it also needs to be slow burn. Let's not forget as well, Don Callis spent a lot of time... Um, Working as I'm sorry, we've got a fucking. Apparently, we've got a stream error. Let's have a look at that. I don't know what that means, but uh-oh. uh oh. YouTube is not receiving enough video to maintain smooth streaming. As such, viewers will experience buffering. I do apologise for anyone experiencing buffering. Oh no. Um. So we shall plow on. <laughs> uh, <Yes>. <laughs> because that's how it works. God damn it! And a lot of that is probably down to the fact that BT has been a right shit bag lately, as far as internet goes. Now I've said that. Rude. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to start this recording elsewhere. Um, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Fuck BT. <laughs> that's, that's all I've got to say about that. I'm surprised they've taken the stream down. Just come out alone. Um, oh, yeah, gosh. right. Boom. That's a good sound <laughs> actually. Of every time my fucking Skype goes down. Uh, for me, I just you know I I just want to see things done slow. Don't fucking shoot your load too quick. Don't have it, you know, let's not have full-blown invasion immediately. Let's have a slow burn to things. You know, Kenny Omega comes out on Impact and says, look at me, I'm the AEW champion. Oh, congratulations, Impact fans, Impact viewers. This is what a real champion looks like. Don Callis hypes that up. Scott Demore's like, what the fuck are you doing, Don? You know, Rich Swan is our champion. Maybe Scott Demore and Rich Swan are on one side, with Kenny Omega and Don Callis on the other. Let it Burns that would be fantastic. Exactly. It's all about slow burn and not being too overly convoluted. Uh, there was this little gimmick, wasn't there? John Moxley got taken out before this match, before his contract signing. And what was really cool was during his entrance. This is these are where these are, this is where for me where AEW does a good thing. So AEW, um, as John Moxley's making his entrance, he walks past the area where he was beaten up a couple of weeks ago. He sort of slows down and he looks at it and he looks a bit bemused. And you think that's cool because he's just remembered that's where somebody kicked the shit out of me. Now he thinks it's Kenny Omega and they've very slowly been talking about it. I would like to see an Impact Wrestling star, maybe a Sammy Callahan, has attacked him without him knowing. Impact comes, think about it, right? A couple of weeks down the line, John Moxley's furious. I lost my title. Where the fuck is Kenny Omega? I know it's you who done me, Kenny. I know you're the one who attacked me. And then out of nowhere, he gets blindsided by Sammy Callahan or insert whoever you want, you know, and he grabs oh, the microphone, no. he stands over him and goes, you were looking in the wrong fucking direction as always, John, because that's the problem with you, John. You don't look in the right direction. And if you'd looked the right way, you would have seen me coming with the bat, John. And there's Sammy Callahan. That sets up a beautiful rivalry. It can be as simple as that. That's what I love about wrestling. It can just be that simple, that creative. But... We have spent a lot of time on it. Um, you know, like I say, we're going to be doing some concurrent podcasts. And for anyone watching, or for anyone watching this on Catch Up, you've got ideas, or maybe you want to message us and let us know what kind of matchups you want between AEW and Impact. 
There's only one way to get your voice heard, and that is by sending it to us at WrestleBlog or on this stream. Leave it in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that chance. Uh, Absolutely. Get back to it. Now, uh, moving on to something a little bit, uh, well, <laughs> you don't transition into unhappy news, unfortunately. Pat Patterson passed away this week. Um, yes. WWE Hall of Fame, and no doubt, of course, uh, the first ever Intercontinental Champion that he is uh, so vaunted. Uh, Pat Patterson, of course, was one of the crucial parts of Vince McMahon's creative process for so long. Essentially, his right-hand man. Um, one thing I've, I really pride myself about uh, this podcast in particular is the fact that I touch on everything. You know, whether people uh, want to cover things or not, whether it's for good or for bad. And although I'm sad that Pat Patterson passed away, and I'm obviously very sad for his family and everyone involved uh, with WWE, and I know that he was very instrumental for a lot of wrestlers in their creation. You know, you've seen some great tributes, which you can find, or you ought to search Pat Patterson on social media, and you will see the good and the bad. Um, you know, Kevin Owens paid tribute to him, Charlotte Flair, multiple, multiple talent, obviously. Um, mm. Jim Cornette apparently uh, gearing up for quite a big tribute on his show as well, and I understand that too. But one problem with Pat Patterson's career was the distinct issues that came around sexual assault allegations. And the reason that I want to touch on it is simply because it doesn't go away just because somebody dies. Uh, and this, you know, it's been a very tumultuous time for wrestling with speaking out. There's been a lot of difficulties involved with sexual misconduct, uh, grooming, anything under the sun, really, you can think of that, frankly, shouldn't belong anywhere in life, never mind wrestling. It's unfortunately found its way, it hasn't found its way into wrestling, it's been there for a very long time. Pat Patterson, the allegations levied at him, you know, a lot of people were trying to downplaying them, saying that, oh, you know, he, these allegations were only levied at him because he's a homosexual. I think that's absolutely nonsense. I find it astonishing that so many wrestling fans who went to social media without a second thought and ferociously backed such horrendous allegations, many of which I'm absolutely sure are true, I'm not saying whether they are or not, and obviously I don't know for a fact, and that's not for me to decide, I'm not a court of law, and neither is social media for that matter. Um, but the reality is that so many people went to bat for these women during speaking out, as they should, but it's alarming to see that so many of those same people are actually quite happy to just remember Pat Patterson as a legend and just ignore the fact that there was a lot, and I mean a lot of allegations, that actually led to his firing at one point before his reinstatement. Uh, Vince McMahon was questioned vehemently on live television. There was interviews. There was all sorts of things that went down. All you've got to do is go onto YouTube and put in Pat Patterson, sexual assault, whatever it might be. There's multiple incidences and allegations of him forcing himself on talent, threatening talent saying you won't get a push unless you service me all kinds of very unsavory things and if people are saying well you know where's the proof you know where's your sources blah 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 i'm more than happy to do another podcast and read through it it's not fucking happy material but you know what bothers me is the fact that people seem to be far more dismissive of sexual assault and sexual misconduct with men and young boys and that's the big problem here this isn't me saying you know, that women don't deserve as much coverage. Of course they do. And overwhelmingly, the majority of sexual assaults are levied towards women. And that is a horrendous but unfortunate and realistic fact of life. And what is even more disturbing is the fact that I believe something like 90% of those are either not reported or are not 
follow through with any kind of proper justice. Um, but that doesn't negate the 10%, particularly in America, at least, you know, I don't know what these statistics are in terms of Britain and everywhere else. That doesn't negate the fact that there are also a lot of young boys and young men who are viewed. And people have been quite happy just because of his death to exonerate Pat Patterson of those allegations. And I'm here to tell you that whether they may be true or not, and I don't know that, um, that does not mean that they are not worth mentioning. And it is also, you know, very difficult with so much evidence out there. For me, it's more a question to the wrestling community. Why was it okay for everybody to completely dismiss uh, anyone who dared suggest that any allegations levied towards male wrestlers might be incorrect or, you know, there are a lot of people who came out obviously on social media, rightfully or not, uh, depending on which side you're on, who said, you know, oh, where's your proof? Okay. So, and then of course they were vehemently shut down. They were screamed down and shouted down by the majority of people. And people were saying, nope, we stand with the victim. But apparently when it comes to Pat Patterson, there doesn't seem to be that same clarity and that same opportunity afforded. And I would like to know why. Because ultimately, it's the same people who are out there on social media using hashtag speaking out as an opportunity to try and get some fucking clout. And we're not trying to get clout. I don't get anything from this. I don't get any benefits from talking about this. I don't enjoy talking about this. But I'm fucking honest. Okay? And I'm a straight shooter. And I'm not going to ignore it just because it makes people feel uncomfortable. I've spoken in the past about my issues when I was young, being abused and things like that. So for me, it hits very close to home and it infuriates me that as a man, particularly as a grown man who has a much more mature outlook on things like this, that it is essentially being swept under the rug simply because it doesn't favour, you know, the, the storyline. It doesn't favour things. It would be very interesting to know just how much... Um, you know, if it was on the flip side of things, if he had assaulted young women, for instance, just how much people might have paid more attention to it. I find it alarming. I do. Yeah. Uh, if he, if like you said, if it was on the flip side, he would be chastised. There would have been no uh, memorial. There would have been no in memory, whatever. It would have been, oh, finally, he's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, he touched so many young girls, blah, blah, blah. Pat Patterson was a great wrestler. He was a great Intercontinental Champion. He was part of the. He was a main part of the Attitude Era. You know, being Vince McMahon's shitty little fucking helper, along with Jerry Briscoe. But you know, there has been a lot levied against him about you know the way he treated talent, and it's public record. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can understand, you know, that I guess, I don't know, it's kind of weird because, yes, you want to remember the man for who he was, but, you know, look at look at the Velveteen Dream, the same thing's happening with him right now, and WWE are just pushing it under the rug. And that's not right. I mean, any abuse, whether you're male, female, transgender, you know, whatever, it's not right. And I I can only attest to what I've 
know and what I've seen. And there's been a lot levied against him. So to just sweep it under the rug because he passed away, it is kind of oxymoronic. And I, for one, I, I'm sad that he has died, but now it's I'm curious in like the next week or two how much is going to come out that is going to be, oh, well, I guess this was true. Wow, he really was a you know, a nonce or a pedophile. He really did groom these boys and all this shit. That, that, the same way I feel about Vince McMahon. When Vince dies, oh, God, I can't wait. Because there is going to be so much shit dropped. And they, everybody's going to be like, wow. I thought that was just a character he was playing. No, he really is an asshole. He really does do half the things that he does to women in real life, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, as much as it sucks that the man is dead, in the next couple days or the next week, we're going to find out a lot about Pat Patterson. Yeah, there was, um, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, the, the, the affectionate, I don't I use that term incredibly loosely, uh, term was... Patterson's cream team, which was the young boys that would be cajoled or groomed by him. A lot of them were underage and worked as, you know, ring crew for WWE in early days and things like that. And it actually led to not necessarily his firing, actually, like I said earlier, but he actually resigned at one point. And that, for me, is a massive admittance of guilt. I'm sorry, but, you know, I find that highly suspect. But like I say, it's not, for me, it's not about is Pat Patterson guilty or not. The reality is that I refuse to allow his uh, allegations and things that were levied at him to just be dismissed just because he passed away. You know, people didn't allow that with Michael Jackson. They certainly didn't allow that with Jimmy Savile when all kinds of things came to light. And I'm not saying that necessarily they're on a par or they're comparable in any way, but ultimately, if we're not going to forget the discrepancies and the miscreant nature of those people when they were alive, then we're not going to forget that Pat Patterson may have possibly been in that. I am obviously sad that he's passed away. I don't think that anybody obviously should have their life taken away from them by cancer, regardless of their age. He was 79 years old. I obviously have a lot of um, condolences and respect and thoughts for his family and everything. And, you know, there was, there was a lot about Pat Patterson to like. There was. You know, he was the first openly gay wrestler, and that's a big deal. You know, he smashed open a lot of doors in that regard. But ultimately, I also can't forget that there was a lot levied at him and there is a lot of content, not just the odd. It's not we're not talking about one person said, oh, he touched me inappropriately. We're talking about a lot of people who, you know, levied all kinds of allegations, everything from minor touching to, you know, some really vile stuff. Okay, and it's out there for people to read. It's not my job to educate you guys on that. It's it's not my job to do anything. I'm just simply here to record this podcast and hopefully entertain. But for me, you know, although I am sad and obviously, you know, we want him to rest in power, especially if he, you know, if it is for any reason, you know, bullshit or for whatever reason, if he is innocent, then fine, fair enough. But, you know, until someone can prove that outright to me, um, the wrestling fans need to learn how to behave, ultimately. And a lot of them aren't behaving like adults. And if you go on social media, it is actually quite astonishing 
you know, some of the comments, <laughs> somebody put underneath going, so what if he, you know, touched little boys or whatever? It's a tough business. So I was like, you see, this is the problem right here. People think that because of the way this business is built, that that's acceptable. Um, calling to Jeremy Miller, I am frozen on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know if I'm edible or not, although I can hear his mic quite a bit. Yeah, it does look like I'm frozen, actually. You're right. So, I don't know what's going on there. Um, I also lost you on... Uh... I lost your video on Skype, too. Yeah, I'm just looking at that. We've had a few technical issues, unfortunately. I'm just hoping that we can at least get the audio there for people. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still able to move, so I'm still moving, so I'm guaranteeing that your audio is still going. It's just your video is not. Yeah, I'm wondering why my video has decided to completely shit the bed. Um... <laughs> Fucking BT. Yeah, he basically is at this point BT. I um I have no idea how to rectify that to be honest. Um, yeah, no, no idea. I mean, fuck. Oh well. Oh, well. <laughs> it happens. And right. It is what it is. Uh, let's see if we can't get it back, people. Any good? Hey. There we go. Apparently that worked. So thank you, Skype, for um, interfering with our video. Yes. We're good. Huh? We're good. We're good. Excellent. Okay. I, you're, you are moving. I am moving. I am moving. I am... <laughs> like the Team America <laughs> stuff, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, unfortunately, maybe maybe Skype itself had a word and was like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? I um, <laughs> But, yeah. It's not something that, obviously, I enjoy talking about, but it is something that I like to raise on this uh, podcast. Yes. Um Hey, Nails! Hi, sorry, apologies for the um, terrible, and I do mean terrible, streaming content. It's going to be worse for the people listening to this in audio, isn't it, really? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> be like, what did they stop talking for a minute? What happened to the video? What the hell's going on? What's going on? Right now. Yeah, it's all you know, new ground for us, and we'll work out the kinks as we go. And like I say, blame BT for the disgraceful, disgraceful Fucking, they'll end up sponsoring us one day. No, in my life. But yeah, your internet <laughs> shit. Deal with it, BT. So yeah, um, like I say, you know, I'm not asking people to, you know, um, I'm not asking people to obviously make, you know, massive moral judgments or anything. But when it comes to Pat Patterson, I try not to forget about the allegations. Like I say, we're vehemently behind all the women involved in speaking out who are victims. And ultimately, that should be the same level of energy afforded to young men and men of any kind that have been abused as well. Uh, so, you know, not a fantastic subject to talk about, but ultimately one that is there. Let's talk about something that's uh, really happy. The Rascals have signed for WWE. I'm thrilled about it. Yes. I, I am. Um... Love, 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 love the Rascals. As everybody knows, Desmond Xavier is actually a, a very small friend of the podcast. He follows us on social media. He's had a couple oh, of chats yep. with me on social media. He's, he, he's been nothing but very kind and approachable to me. I love Desmond Xavier. Man Crush is real. Uh, I love the Rascals. Met them before quite a few times. Whenever, I met, whenever I've had I met Trey and wrestled against Trey, actually, in uh, Northwest Ohio Wrestling. Pretty sick. Pretty sick. Yeah, that was... That was fun. Trey, Trey made me look really bad. Of course he did. He makes everyone look bad. Um, I dread to think what it would be like having to wrestle guys like that because they're just so, so good. But I'm excited about them as a trio in WWE. I think they fit the bill in WWE more. You know, it's very fashionable to say, 
to AEW, I, but their roster in terms of tag team wrestling is so bloated that I think that they would find themselves really struggling to make a mark. In NXT, there isn't too many trios, and there isn't a plethora of great tag teams. They can immediately go in there and have a high level of impact, pun intended, on a fantastic broadcast. Trade inside, uh, apparently, uh, my, so it's just uh, yeah, Xavier and... Uh, Zachary, so basically Scarlet and Graves, uh, essentially, from what I'm hearing. So um, yeah. my apologies for that. Uh, thank you very much for that. Um, I, fact see, check, I think Trey, I think Trey's talking about going to Ring of Honor. That would be a good fit for him. I think, I think so, because Trey Miguel is a world class in ring talent, and Ring of Honor is the place where you can truly flourish as a wrestler. Even though I would love to see Trey in Impact again, like somehow just, just him. Because his rivalry with Ace Austin is just... Oh. <laughs> yeah, Ace Fucking Austin's gone a bit quiet Austin. lately. I don't know if he's left uh, Impact. I haven't seen him for a little while on the TV broadcast. Uh, not since the tag team title match, actually. Uh, we don't really follow the dirt sheets, ladies and gentlemen. So, obviously, I'm right. not really a bit about that. I, I like to be a bit of a mark, um, even if Jeremy Miller insists on rubbing his pecking microphone all the time. Oh, I didn't hear that. I think all three are epic, genuinely. They really are. They really are, actually. Yes. I um, I just love them. They're everything that's good about wrestling. They're good people, good souls, family men as well in so many ways. Uh, they just, they're just something that everybody should aspire to be like. I feel like they're the benchmark for what great wrestlers are. And also, what I love about them is they are insanely athletic. They are world class, you know, talents. But they also flip for a reason, not just flip for the sake of it. Um, you know, I don't want to signal out or single out, should I say, people like the Young Bucks or whatever. But there is a lot of times where I feel like their matches are just there to be there. There's a lot of flipping going on. I never feel like that with a Rascals mm. match. Whenever I see a Rascals match, everything seems to mean something. And, yes. you know, they've really broken the mold in what it means to be maybe smaller, but high impact and high velocity wrestlers. I'll tell you what I will miss, the treehouse. That's what I will miss. Um I love that. I'm not personally a big yeah. smoker. I'm a bit of a... I don't really smoke anymore. I used to smoke weed. Shock horror when I was at university, like everybody else. But um, it's just that kind of nod to that fun, you know? The smoke on the screen. Every now and then they'd have someone random in. Do you remember when um, Scarlett Bordeaux in her ludicrous smoke show moment? She she had a moment on there. They had Kylie Ray on there once who was just adorable. Like, you know, it was fun. And it was something very different. And they were willing to you know, go with it and make something really good of it. Even the intro, the intro music, you know, the bong, <laughs> coughing on the thing. It just all worked. Yeah. Yes. It was fun. And that's something that I've loved about Impact Wrestling so much, especially over the last few months, is how much fun you can have watching it. I don't hate comedic entertainment wrestling. I just want to know that it's in the right place. This has always been my biggest complaint of AEW. It's not that it's shit. It's that the comedy all too often crosses over with the good serious stuff. And I'd like to see it separated. Like the 24-7 championship stuff. Yeah, it's dumb. But we know it's dumb. And it's put in the corner where it belongs. And I want to see things like Orange Cassidy is very entertaining. But I don't want to see him in the main event. He's funny. He's entertaining. Put him against other funny and saying, oh, that's why I want to see him wrestle Johnny Swinger, because that's money for me. I think that's hysterical. And I think that's something that I would absolutely give my time and investment to. Um, but sticking with the Rascals, just an opportunity to say congratulations, honestly. Uh, yes. As far as, obviously, 
you know, Scarlet and Graves go. And as far as Trey Miguel goes, if he does sign for Ring of Honor, that'd be fantastic. But Trey is so talented, uh, he'll have no problems going anywhere and being impactful. It's just kind of a little bit sad, isn't it, that it won't be a trio? Because I think a trio of Rascals would actually be really good in NXT. Imagine the Rascals versus Lagado del Fantasma. Yes, please. Oh. <laughs> exciting times. Yeah, you never know. that would you be never exciting. Know. I, I think that Wentz or you Zachary know, Wentz, yeah. Wentz and yeah Zachary Wentz and uh, Desmond Xavier going to NXT would be is going to be really good because right now NXT's tag team division is a really just question mark. I think that's why you know GYV came back and everything to hype up that tag team now bringing in Wentz and Xavier that could make it a lot better yeah I um I have sort of said that I think GYV coming in obviously I think NXT's tag team division is going to grow again I think uh people forget that it still has a little bit of developmental mentality about it so obviously Scarlet and Graves can go straight in there highly credible tag team they can get involved you've got GYV you've got Breezango you've got the you got Everrise um yeah, those guys too. Uh, <laughs> They're just yeah. being used as complete jobbers, so I never really paid attention to them. They got jumped by GYV, obviously. Haven't watched NXT from last night yet, which I'm excited about watching. That's going to be my watching tomorrow after I foster the doggies. So I'm going to, you know, take the dogs for a walk and all that nonsense, and then I'll uh, chill out and uh, maybe pour myself a nice rum and uh, Coke and watch NXT, because I love NXT. I do. I'm a big fan. Uh, yes. But, um,. Yeah, is there anything you'd like to talk about while you got the opportunity, mate? Because I know the state of wrestling address isn't something that you frequent as often as you would like. No, uh, I actually, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on is uh, I think that we need to touch more on, there needs to be more impact, less, you know, main roster, because main roster right now is just kind of, Meh. <laughs> um, Impact for sure though is on fire. When you say main roster? Do you mean like Raw and SmackDown? Yeah, Raw oh, SmackDown. Right. Uh, minus well, minus NXT. That's something and that I'm trying to do, and obviously, uh, I'm trying to up our weekly reviews on YouTube. Uh, I spoke to Nails actually, yes. who's watching, uh, which I'm very grateful for earlier, and I sort of said like, you know, it does sometimes feel like you're shouting into the void on here, and obviously, you want more people to get involved. Not for my ego or anything. I actually just love it when more wrestling fans have their say, so we can give them a shout. Yes. For me, WrestlePlug's about a platform for other people to have their say, not just my say. You know, my say is there for people if they want to hear it. But I've always really prided myself on our interactions. Why we have hashtag get plugged in, you know, it's it's something that's always been very passionate uh, in my mind. And we, you know, we <laughs> we are now three months away from uh, four years. Of, uh, Jesus Christ! Why? You know, I'm exhausted, <laughs> frankly. I freaking love Impact right now. Who doesn't? Like, I mean, you know what? Right? I think it's just fashionable not to like Impact because of what happened with TNA. There was a time when TNA shit the bed, okay? You know, Hulk Hogan is a fucking cretin at the best of times. If you want to know some history about how bad Hulk Hogan has been for the wrestling industry. The immortal angle. It's not always been good. 
And you can check out our boys OSW Review and they will certainly liven you up as to what kind of idiot Hulk Hogan was back in the day. He used to really sabotage a lot of it. But right now Impact has been fantastic. There's been such a push, not only for, you know, fresh and exciting talents, but almost in a way recycling and re-exciting people with talents that maybe didn't work on main rosters. Deanna Perazzo, for instance, was in the NXT system. Didn't work out for her. Now she's a huge star. Uh, Sammy Callahan was in the NXT system. That didn't work out for him. He grew so specially with OB, and obviously he's kind of in reset mode a little bit at the moment because obviously of what happened with the Chris brothers. But there's so much going on there. And it, what I love about Impact as well is the fact they're allowing people to come in as themselves. There isn't, if there's one thing I can be critical of WWE quite a lot about is that they don't really allow too many people to push through and let them, you know, let them have their own gimmicks as such. And that can be really disappointing. Now, it says uh, more people are talking about Impact and watching and looking for content too. Like after AW last night, I just wanted to find a live stream or whatever talking. It. I mean, yeah, that will help. No question that will help. Yeah. I, I, I'm not as big a fan. Keep up the weekly show. I think it will grow. Thank you. I certainly will be keeping up with it just because I enjoy watching it. So it's nice to be able to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but for me, I you know I don't hate AEW at all. I am much more of an Impact fan. I think Impact is better. That's just my personal opinion. And one thing I will say about Impact is that it it just it needs it more. You know, AEW doesn't really need that growth. It's got the major TV production. It's got the billionaires behind it. So I want to make sure this is an opportunity for AEW to show us what they think about wrestling and how passionate they are about the growth of wrestling. This is their opportunity to help put Impact in a much stronger position. You know, it's not just about giving it a little rub. I want to see long-term growth. That's what I want to see. That's good business. That's how you grow good business, by having long-term growth, by having long-term storylines. And let's not forget as well, you know, I mentioned earlier Don Callis, of course, you know, there's some impact wrestling stars that are going to be in that Super J Cup. And what I love about that is that Don Callis has used his opportunities there. I actually think this is the most stacked Super J Cup I've ever seen. I, I think it's phenomenal. I mean, I'm excited about Leo Rush, who right now doesn't actually have any major companies under his belt, uh, other than obviously his time in WWE. He's been working predominantly for GCW uh, since he came back to wrestling. And I think it's just a matter of time. I really do. Yeah, but after Don saying, see you Tuesday, I was trying to find some impact guys talking about it. Sorry, that's what I meant. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, um, it, obviously it's difficult with the timing, isn't it? Like, you know, it's half four. Yeah. It's difficult for me to cover it. I would like to try and live stream watch alongs of impact and then talk about it immediately afterwards. I'd like to start doing our state of wrestling address reviews or even our show reviews actually straight after the fact. So, you know, if I've got the time or I can make the time, then I'll watch it live and try and do it that um, yeah, how can you not like it? You know, it's fantastic. Even if you're not a fan of AEW, you know, if you're a fan of Impact like I am, you're thrilled because it's more exposure. And if you're a fan of AEW, yes. great. Yes. You can see some new wrestlers that maybe you're not aware of, you know. Uh, so I think you should for sure keep the Impact talk going. We'll keep sharing it. I think people are coming to get on the bandwagon. Let's hope so. All aboard the rest of the Hell yeah. bandwagon. Um, yeah, yeah, no question. The other bandwagon y'all should get on is Sly Fox Sports Podcast. Yes, all right. <laughs> you can plug your feckin' podcast. Yes. Jesus I will plug it and plug it. Oh, no. Uh, I appreciate I appreciate you letting me be on the State of Wrestling Address. I don't really get on very much with WrestlePlug. But Mr. Nick's here. 
has helped me tremendously with my podcast, Sly Fox Sports Podcast. Uh, we cover Champions League. We cover NFL, NCAA football. We're going to be doing NBA this year, NHL, just all kinds of sports because that's what it's basically about is a sports podcast. But there will be some Q&A sessions here soon. We're just trying to get a fan base, and it's it's really early doors right now. But if it wasn't for Mr. Nix here, I'd probably be dead in the water. And that's honest to God. I know, right? Sports. Uh, Nail says, uh, I think a reason I love Impact is there's no warring fans too. That helps. Hope you don't get them after the AEW stuff. Woo! Yay, sports. I'll follow now. Uh, there you go. You got put up another fan. By the way, I'm raw as fuck on that. So uh, if you're not a fan of my uncensored nature and my swearing, you're really not going to like the sports <laughs> podcast. But give it a follow anyway. And if you've got any sports friends, I appreciate it. Uh, that is Miller's territory, of course, like Fox Sports, which he's just mentioned. Um, I'm regularly on that as well, which is great. It gives me an opportunity to play to myself and talk about sports, which is something I've always been very passionate about, very competitive about. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to kind of have that uh, completely different world to go to because sometimes wrestling can be very exhausting, particularly if you're training like I am, if you're doing all the, you know, the conditioning and stuff like that, and then you're talking about wrestling and then watching it every day. You know, it can beat you down mentally. So it's always nice to know that, Flybox is there for me, actually. It's uh, it's a nice little pet project. I'm very happy to support Jay in his uh, pursuit of sports broadcasting perfection. I look forward to seeing him on first take one day, giving Max Kellerman a whopping great slap with his penis. Uh, <laughs> Rob's here with me. That'd be nice. Said, I love when he swears. Motherfucker! Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, big shout out to Nail's uh, partner. He sounds like an absolute joy. And if he likes me swearing, then motherfucker, you got to love it when I fucking lose my fucking shit. Uh, if you like, uh, if you want to hear someone lose their shit, uh, just check out our Slifebox sports. I'm always losing my shit over my Broncos. Yeah. I love the Denver Broncos. The Broncos. I'm curious about them. People who listen to your audio podcast are like, why are they talking about sports? Shut the fuck up. I want to hear about sports entertainment. <laughs> sports entertainment. God damn it, you piece of shit. Nobody cares about your stupid fucking American football. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I'm going to take over from Vince one day. I've got the voice for it. Uh, yeah, and I'm a lot less rapey. I'll take over for Tony Khan. <laughs> I'll make AEW great again. I'll make AEW <laughs> great again. Oh, God. Look out. How long until one company does? Actually, fun little story to end the podcast. Fuck it. So I went to see LDN Wrestling over here, which is a small independent promotion uh, run by questionable people at times. <laughs> and um, they had an, uh, an influx of international wrestlers. And they had an American guy who was posing as the world's biggest Donald Trump fan. So he came out, he had the full Uncle Sam outfit, the, the you know, the red and white stripes. He, and he was so over the top with it. This was proper carny wrestling. You know, the wrestling ring was a converted boxing ring. The ropes were loose as shit. They had the plucky British guy who was like, don't come on our territory, Yankee and all this. And this guy comes out and I had taken my partner and my partner's uh, brother has um, special needs. Lovely lad and um, he was obviously loving it, bless him, and that's why we took him, and uh, credit to LDN as well, actually, right. he gave us free tickets for that, so I'm not going to critique too much, but this oh, guy comes oh, wow. out, and he's like, yeah, Donald Trump, motherfucker, and for, this is a family show, right, and I am, 
trying my best to be nice. And at one point, I was just like, you fat ginger shit. I just lost my shit. And there's all these kids, right? And I'm thinking the kids are going to be like, this is in like Lewis, which is a an upstanding, you know, sort of semi-liberal, decent middle-class town. And all of a sudden, the kids are like, yeah, fuck off, Chuck. I'm like, whoops, sorry. I, um, it's just one of those things. It happens. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's a reason why certain tropes don't work as well in wrestling as they should. And that's one of them, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, if you have yeah, the opportunity, yes. you know, don't do Donald Trump stuff <laughs> in wrestling <laughs> as well as you would like. Although it is always fun when we make fun of the giant toddler in his big old fucking chair. So... Yeah. Oh, we do it a lot in slide yeah, So what you need to understand, what you need to understand is a very good term, is that on the rest of Blood Podcast, all of your comments are illegal except for mine, okay? <laughs> I love him. He's got such a ridiculous <laughs> voice. I love him so much. He's the greatest he heel of all time, isn't he? Let's be honest. Uh, I think we'll leave it there. And he kept his hair in the Battle of the Billionaires. Yeah, oh, God. He'll come back to the early one. Because of a black He's man. He's made for it. He's made for it. He really is. Um, yep. There's been a few technical difficulties. My apologies for those. Hopefully the sound has at least been good enough. Hopefully the content has been entertaining to a certain degree. We are going to push to do a lot more live watch-alongs. Hopefully, with any luck, particularly if I get fed up with watching Drew Lock get fingered, I will be <laughs> live-streaming NXT TakeOver because I'm very excited about that show. But ultimately, I want to start live-streaming more. I want to start doing immediate after-show reactions to Impact to AEW Dynamite, to Raw and SmackDown. That's why I like Raw and SmackDown. I think there's good wrestling everywhere. Some bits I don't like, some bits I do like. That's the great thing about wrestling. It's subjective. And I may have a ferocious mentality. Sorry I missed the start, says now. It's not a problem. There'll be plenty more for you to get involved in, young lady. Right. problem. And a shout out to your hubby as well, Rob. What a legend he is. Anyone who uh, encourages me to swear and be disgraceful is uh, good in my book. So, uh, have a fucking rum on me, sunshine. <laughs> I uh, I'm myself one in a minute, actually, and slowly pass out while drawing uh, art. But yeah, thank you very much for checking in on State Wrestling Dress. Thank you very much, Jeremy Fox Miller. You can follow him. Uh, you can see it on the screen, actually, at jmiller911419. It's not because he's a fan of 9-11. It's because he was actually born on 9-11. Um, so, uh, yes. uh, obviously. <laughs> it's in poor taste, and I apologize if that offends anybody. But, yeah, Jeremy Miller, you can catch him on there. And also, you can check out his podcast as well, at Slyfox Sports Pod. And I try and get hold of the Twitter from time to time and live tweet sports shows. So, if you're into sports, let your friends know. Um, Jeremy Miller, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a while since we've had you on the State of Wrestling Address, but it's always a pleasure, sir. Anytime, my man. Anytime. Absolutely. I'm going to try and work out why IBS keeps fucking making your screen get uh, bigger or smaller or whatever it is. I have no idea what's going on at this point. This thing is just fucking carnage. Like the whole podcast is. Oh, Jesus. I see yeah, it now. No, I, I keep having to move it. It's frustrating as shit. So, yeah. As soon as we got to the hour mark, everything went to shite. But I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll try and do like a quick maybe 20, 30 minute daily chat about wrestling or if there's any news, get some live shows, more live streaming guys just to entertain you guys. So, um, obviously, if you're watching this in in replay or if you can contact our social media, let us know what sort of times work for you. But from myself, Aaron Nix, of course, and from Jay Miller of Sly Fox, I thought his chair kept sliding down. Oh, right. No, it's because for some reason I am not as good at this as I wish I was so far. It's always OBS <laughs> being pregnant. Um, it also may be something to do with that because Jeremy Miller slouches a lot. 
Um, but yeah, uh, as for this podcast, uh, thank you very much for checking in, ladies and gentlemen, the Save Wrestling Draft. We will, of course, be back uh, in audio form and video form to cover NXT TakeOver. If you're very lucky, we may be live streaming it, as I mentioned, and we will persist on covering as much wrestling as possible and entertaining as much as we can until I essentially drop dead from exhaustion and from the Broncos continuously shitting the bed. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, at least they'll have a quarterback this week. Yeah, if you can call that that's, that's not a quarterback. That's a child with legs. I, um, that's all that is. I, uh, look, Miller's got smaller now. I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's like, what the hell? I don't even know. It's not me doing it either. It's like OBS just keeps changing it. So I'm going to have to go alive and work out what the fuck that's all about. It's so weird. Stop doing that. Very strange. <laughs> again. Just moved you back again. I think it's got something to do with... Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is fucking weird, ladies and gentlemen. Miller is small. Now he is big, and then he will be small again. I, um... That is sounds like my sex life. <laughs> that's, uh, that's most of our sex. What's a sex life? Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, um, yeah, we'll wrap right. it up there before we cause any more chaos. Nails, thank you very much for checking in. My love to you and the hubby, yes, of course. Uh, thank you very much for anyone who does watch this and reply. If you hated it, good. I don't care as long as you've checked in. I'm appreciative enough of that. I'm very hated and I'm okay with that to be honest because at least I'm doing something with my time. Um, Hopefully but yeah. I'll be able to get uh, Kyle into this sometime soon if he was fucking... Yeah, that. Uh, whatever his rant was. Um, okay, Miller's, Miller's dropped out, which is great stuff. So it is what it is. But uh, Oh, Miller. What a crescent. If you can hear this, ladies and gentlemen, the stream binned it. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. Anyway, thank you very much for checking out State Wrestling Address, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can't see me, but I promise you, I am still here. We are still alive, and we will hopefully give you more content soon. But I'll catch you very soon for more content from the WrestleFlow. Take it easy, gang.